wasn't on there. Um, keys just get pucked deep, you know, play the corners hard, we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep! Episode 28, just dishing it. We're back. Another week, another episode. It's a beautiful week. It's a beautiful Wednesday. We're recording here on Avicii's birthday, no less. He would have been 32 years old today. Shout out to Tim Bergling, wherever you are. Bless R.I.P. Legend. Toots, what's up, big guy? How you doing? Doing good. Just getting through the short work week here. On to another weekend. Yeah. I'm excited for this episode, though, um, just because I'm ready for the emotions to fly a little bit. Oh, give it a rest. <laughs> Anyways, we got the opening week of the NFL coming up. That's exciting stuff. So all you fantasy people, all you gamblers like me, ready to go. First Bills game this Sunday. The 716 is fired up. Derek, just saw you at our meeting. Big meeting. Good stuff. Talk there. Very good. Very good meeting. Uh, with the boys, and another good meeting that's going to happen Sunday is our Buffalo Bills versus Tudors, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. And Cue the Undertaker's entrance song. I think he's quaking in his boots. Honestly, like it's 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 going to be real. Yeah, uh, we'll get we'll get to that. I'm sure with our extremely special guest, we have been trying for a long time to get on. He's a busy fella. He is. The man, though, we're really excited to chat with him. Please welcome the founder of the Charging Buffalo, Mr. Jared Halt. Jared, what's up, buddy? What up, boys? Glad to be here. It's been a long grind, but it's we're going to kill it. It's going to be worth it. Oh, yeah. Well <laughs> worth the wait. It's going to be a lot of good stuff in this episode. Lots of stuff to talk about. Um, now, first of all, man, how's the summer been? I know you've been busy. Everything's been crazy, but how you living, man? How's everything going? Good. It's been good. I just saw Matt and Nikki for uh first time in a couple of weeks the other day. Big D was there. So yeah. that was good. Uh had a nice little day out with Dion on Elmwood. So that was a lot of fun. Got some good content with the boys. But no, my, my summer's been good. Excited for some football tomorrow, but uh ready to get back into the, the hockey swing of things too. Oh, for sure. So much so much we can go into on the hockey swing, but um you know, we got plenty of time to get to it, but yeah, Dion's Dion Dawkins pop up shop at the cellar. Good time. A lot of good appearances there. Good look for uh, for everyone involved. Got to see the new, the latest spin for the for the off whites there for Dion on the rollerblades. What'd you think of those, Jared? Yeah, they were sick. It was really cool uh, with the rollerblades because you have the ability to change the wheel color. So yeah, obviously, like the the skates, the ice skates have been killing it. But I thought that was super cool, and like obviously the color in itself is pretty crazy and pops out right away. So that was cool, and Dion loved them too. Like I was talking to Maddie about this, like you know, I thought it was super cool. Like we walked in and he gave him the skates and I like, before we went in, I thought, you know, that was going to be a cool little like couple minutes or whatever, but literally like Dion loved the skates. It felt like every five minutes he was grabbing the skates to show someone else <laughs> or like someone would walk up just to take a picture of them and they just start talking about the skates. So literally the, the skates were a big hit. They were huge. So, uh, you know, I think they got a pretty good turnout. Yeah, it fits the vibe too, especially with the uh, the, the pop up shop being at the cellar, the streetwear vibe. Obviously, it's just good stuff. That's such that's so his style too. He's he's man of great taste, in my opinion. Deion Dawkins with his his fits for sure. Yeah, I was telling him he's got to uh, he's got to rock him and go down the tunnel on game day for the game day fit. But oh, buddy, if he if he a takes a spill, oh my yeah. god, oh that wouldn't be good. But it would be sick too. But. I like that. Maybe the just the over the shoulder will start off. Saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's the thing, right? Can he skate? Do we know for a fact he can skate? I, I don't know. I would imagine if he wanted the rollerblades. I Let's hope so. He tried the skates on. There wasn't much standing up going on, but they fit right. him. So I don't know. I th I think if he could stand up on them, get it. Like I think. I think his problem, I don't know if he knows how tight they need to be. So I, I think like he's got to get the laces tight, make sure he's got the ankle support. You know, we don't want Deion standing up, breaking an ankle. But Well, I think that's probably why too, with the season coming up right now, oh, no, for actually, sure. that's for why sure. he's just like, all right, they fit. Let's be careful here. Yeah. Sean's going to take my head off. <laughs> Sean would not be happy with that. Not pleased at all. 
Um, but yeah, man, let's um, let's jump into it. Obviously, uh, the charging buffalo. Like for a lot of you, a lot of the folks listening, I'm sure know. But if they don't, like, give us kind of the rundown, the backstory of everything, like how you got that started and all that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for anyone that that doesn't know, it's a digital media brand that covers the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we're credentialed by the NHL. So, uh, you know, we have access just like the Buffalo News, just like any of those outlets that you guys probably read um, to, you know, go to the games, cover the players, uh, do interviews, all that kind of stuff. And um, it was something that I started back in 2016 with my good boy, Joe Marino, who still uh, contributes. And I'm sure, you know, if you guys are familiar with the, the brand that you're familiar with Joe as well. So, um, you know, just to give a little context on the backstory, I guess, you know, I didn't really just kind of sit down and, you know, decide to make it one day. There was a little method to the madness, but, um, you know, so a couple years before that, I had sort of just gotten into the, the content creation game sort of in general. Um, you know, I do a lot of uh, graphics and, and video stuff. So, you know, that was really sort of um, my motivation to start it and where, you know, any of the inspiration came from. So I was already sort of doing a lot of digital media stuff. And, you know, when I was starting, like a lot of times when I would work on something, I would use either the Bills or the Sabres, you know, whether it be like a hype video or, uh, you know, a custom jersey, like whatever, whatever the project may be, just random stuff that would come to my mind. But, you know, I, I always seem to be using the my digital media skills um, to create, you know, Buffalo sports related content. And, you know, the Sabres more than anything, like are, you know, my diehard, like number one, uh, the team that I grew up loving and everything. And, um, you know, I, obviously like everyone loves the bills. It's impossible to grow up in Buffalo and not love the bills, but like, I grew up like hockey was like the main sport I played. Um, all my best friends were into hockey. And then naturally I kind of just, you know, as I started creating content, getting into to Photoshop and, you know, creating videos and stuff like that too, hockey was sort of my main, um, you know, the, the main thing that I was, uh, combining, you know, two passions with it. One side was the digital media side and then one side was the hockey side. So, um, I actually, my first sort of venture creating content was creating like EA NHL, uh, YouTube videos. So, you know, when I first was picking up like just little graphic design stuff and video editing, um, it was about like 2012, 2013. So I was only about 13, but, uh, I was playing a lot of, playing a lot of shell back in the day. Um, and you know, I, I played like actually pretty competitively and, uh, there really is a very niche community, but there wasn't, you know, a ton of people really creating content and the people that were creating content, um, you know, were, were, you know, you know, not blown up like YouTube superstars or anything like that yet. So, you know, there was sort of, uh, uh, there wasn't much of a barrier of entry for people that wanted to make videos. So, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just was kind of a teenager just playing chill, like you know, with my friends that I played hockey with and whatnot. And uh, would, would, I just loved like scoring cool goals on the game. And then um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nasher. He's sort of like the biggest Chell YouTuber now. And he's, yeah. you know, I've known him back from when I started. And um, really my inspiration to start making videos and get into any of this stuff was uh, just watching him. And he, uh, back in the day, would like take his cool goals that him and his friends would score in the game. And then he would just like make a montage out of it. And I thought it was just cool to, take sort of like your cool plays in the game and then mix it up with like music you like and you know just add your own like style and stuff to it so that was really like my first um you know my first time exploring content creation and then um you know to getting getting into the tcb stuff so um you know i kind of grew out of the the video game stuff a little bit after doing that for a couple of years um as i mentioned like the the ea nhl community was very niche so um, just being sort of, you know, relatively consistent with it over the years and, um, you know, just keeping at it. I was able to sort of establish myself in that space and uh, was able to get a partnership uh, with EA Sports when I was like 15 years old. And um, so that was like a really, you know, eye-opening experience just to, you know, capabilities of like creating content on the internet, like what doors that could sort of open up for you. Um, and then also that was sort of just my my intro to creating stuff on my own and sort of realizing that was like a tool set I wanted to keep building out as I got older and uh, eventually, you know, take some place in my career. So um, after the video game stuff sort of got old, I was sort of just going back to almost like when I started where I was creating content, mostly just random projects around like the Bills or Sabres or, you know, something of that, like um, whenever it would pop up. And then I, I kind of just, you know, I wanted that same feeling of like building towards something and, you know, that you had sort of like with the YouTube channel and 
Um, I wanted like a tangible thing that I was like, you know, putting work into every day and I could see grow rather than just like making random, you know, projects that I'm just posting on my own Twitter. Um, so, you know, I was, I was passionate about the content creation side of it. And then, you know, I was also really passionate about the Sabres. So, you know, my, my personal accounts at the time were sort of a mix of just posting, you know, content that I was making and then also just posting my thoughts on the Sabres. So, you know, <laughs> as you can tell, it was sort of just a natural um you know a natural fit to you know make make something formal out of it and, and start the page so um you know i focus mostly on uh, really i guess everything at the start um now i'm a lot more in the back seat when it comes to editorial content but um you know so as i mentioned earlier joe marino is my other guy i kind of started it with so me and him just you know we we just started grinding just started pumping out articles and um you know i really wanted to emphasize making it more than just sort of your traditional blog. So when we started, it was actually all just um, like graphic and more like multimedia content before we even got into doing articles. But I knew I wanted to sort of build it out and do something a little more in depth um, and sort of have like the blog aspect of it, but also have like the content creation aspect of it um, on the side as well. This is when like Bleacher Report and pages like that were starting to get uh, really popular. And I just love that kind of content. I didn't even really understand it yet. Now, like that I've, you know, I'm taking this as my career and I'm like studying and there's all these, um, you know, different coined phrases for different things on social media. Now, before it was almost just all natural, but um, like I said, there was still like a method to the madness. I understood um, how to sort of generate, um, generate engagement and get people attracted to it. So uh, kind of just did that did that for a couple of years and um you know obviously been expanding since and have been able to have a lot of awesome opportunities since so that is sort of uh i know that was sort of long-winded but i i feel like it no. i feel like it, it sort of needs that context of of sort of like my the digital media background too just because it it really was just um you know combining all different all different passions yeah that's the point of it like you know why this platform's so awesome you can tell the full story you're not restricted by sound bites are sneaking it into like a one minute post or what have you that's that's the good part here for our youtube viewers our producer mr derek hoskins scrolling through the charging buffs instagram a lot of good stuff there it's just really it's clean simplistic man like very informative it's you know you know what you're gonna get getting reliable accredited content regarding the savers you've done an amazing job with it you joe the, the whole team over there that's that's awesome, dude. Real, real big fan of that. It's my go-to. It really is for, for yeah, the local saver stuff. That's that, you know, to add uh, sort of the whole backstory and what you just said there, you know, for me, like I wanted to make it something that would be my go-to if I was just a fan of the page following. Cause like I said, I really was like just such a big Sabres fan when I was getting into all this stuff and really all I was doing, like from, you know, it's very specific posts, like all I was ever doing was just like reverse engineering what I would want as a Sabres fan. And as someone who, you know, follows these different multimedia accounts now and like, you know, you'll be following, again, I use Bleacher Report as an example, just cause they're, you know, top of the line when it comes to creative and whatnot. But there's so many accounts that like something might just be appealing in the way it's formatted or whatever it may be that like, it doesn't even register why exactly. So um, yeah, again, just sort of, you know, taking all those things that I enjoyed from other media companies and other uh, people that were covering the Sabres and just trying to make it all into what I would enjoy if I were consuming it. Tudes, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, I, I had a couple things here. Um, but one of them, I guess, staying on, you know, what we were looking at when Derek showed the screen there with just different content that you're posting. Uh, obviously, like, it's quick turnarounds, right? You know, Sabres sign a new player or somebody signs an extension. It's quick. How, what's your process when you get new information to vet that and make sure that you're putting out accurate information for Sabres fans that are using the Charging Buffalo as, like, their main source? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, really, I think at the start, a lot of it was just being very in tap with news as it's coming out you know it's um even today like i have notifications on for pretty much any account that i think could possibly be breaking something in regards to us um so you know we have a good amount of templates set up for you know when something that we can't predict comes out so say 
Um, say there's a trade that like you just never would have thought this player was going to get traded. Like Jack Eichel. No, because we expect him to get traded. So we can prepare. That was a joke. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, we have sort of like some templates set up for when there's, you know, quick hitting information that we just need to, to get it out there that we can do that. And then, um, you know, a lot of it too really is just like preparation and sort of just being aware of storylines around the team. So like Rasmus Dahlin, for example, uh, he hasn't signed his contract yet, but we just saw Casey Middlestat sign. He was an RFA. Henry Yoki, are you same thing? And we know Darlene's next. We know that's coming. So we already have, you know, sort of a lot of uh, the content that we're going to put out uh, just ready to go. And, you know, sometimes it's luck of the draw that, uh, you know, the news is going to break when, you know, we're not sleeping or something like that. Because, you know, there there is times like we're all just human, too, where, uh, you know, we may be like a couple minutes late or whatever it may be. But. Um, I think really just um, putting systems in place to, you know, be ready to capitalize on whatever it could possibly be. And then just, you know, doing our best to uh, stay consistent with that and, you know, just be ready to execute whenever something comes out. Yeah, that's that's cool. I always wonder what the process with that is, because, you know, you'll you'll look down and you'll see, okay, like you know, charging Buffalo posted this and then you look over, you're like, okay, well, you know, we've got, you know, Friedman or whoever like tweeted that out. So like, this is, this is all lining up and it all happened in the last five minutes. Like exactly. it's just crazy how quick that stuff happens. But so do you pretty much always have to stay like on, we'll call it or plugged in? Like there's no real like work hours for you. Are there? It's just when stuff happens, you got to go. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, dude, this Jack Eichel trade, like, it's like, just get it over with because yeah. all summer, literally, <laughs> I'm, every single day you have the same anxiety of like, like every notification. It's like, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Because like, like you said, it's very fast paced. So, you know, when it's time to go, especially like an Eichel trade, like we got to, you know, be ready to go. So um, no, it, it really doesn't get turned off. And there was literally, I'm not even kidding. This is the first, the only time I was able to turn my notifications off. Um, like the, I don't even know, but like so long, um, when the, Seattle had the expansion draft this year and there was like a four day roster freeze or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm turning all my notifications off. Like I need to just like unplug for a couple of days. Like I, cause really that's the only reason I have notifications on. I, I put notifications on for some accounts that I just enjoy their tweets that I may just not be, you know, on Twitter 24 seven to see. So I don't miss anything, but for the most part, like I said, like I have notifications on for any possible outlet that could be giving us like, not even just a breaking news, but just breadcrumbs to then the, you know, the actual news that's going to come out. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, leaning on other people too. You know, that's, what's great about our group is like, if someone sees something before me, cause I, you know, even with the notifications and everything, I'm, I'm not able to be on top of stuff 24 seven. So, um, you know, our group is amazing when it comes to our chat where like, if some, that's the thing is like, even if I don't get the notification from the direct account that it's posted from, I'm getting a notification from our group chat because someone in our group is on Twitter or whatever it may be and is sending the news in. So uh, I think, you know, as a whole, like we just kind of all understand the importance of, of being quick. And um, that's something that our account has sort of been, been founded on. So uh, we all try to contribute if there's if there's ever a time where we think that someone may not be seeing something. But, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, very anxiety uh, inducing when you get into times like this where, you know, like a trade is probably on the horizon. You just don't know when. It's I not mean, even hey, just one might break trade. while we're it on is, here, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Like, He's just going to be like, I got to go over. So, the, I, gotta go. so, so I won't see these notifications. But, yeah, so, I might have to might have to go in the middle of the call. You had mentioned earlier too, um, you know, that you are a credentialed outlet uh, where you can interview. You have the same access as like Buffalo News, other outlets like that. What was the process for that? Right? Do you do you get vetted by the NHL? Is it by the Sabers? Because obviously, not just anyone off the street can walk in and start talking to players. Yeah, most definitely, and especially. You know, one thing that we have sort of tried to disassociate ourselves with, and I talked about this a little bit at the beginning, is just not being seen as sort of that traditional blog. Like we don't want to be seen and we don't want not even just be seen, but we don't want to be like fanboys. We don't want to be like from the get go. It has been nothing like that. And we want to be you know, taken seriously. And really, I think 
where it started from as well was um, all of our editorial content, I think something we take pride in, um, you know, we may not have necessarily as high of volume of articles as something like the Buffalo News, but I think when we do post something, it's going to be extremely high quality. So I think, you know, kind of getting, knowing that our stuff was high quality at the beginning, it was important to not be seen um, and attached as just like a fan blog or a fan page or whatever it may be, just because it's like, if you're seen as that, people won't even give your content the chance. So um, it's hard to you know, break for, that mold once you're in it, too. Right. Exactly, and it, you know it's something we're still dealing with. It's a you know media is a very traditional industry. Um, you have depending on um, you know what region and stuff you're in, what you know league you're covering, whatever it may be. Um, you know you're gonna have fluctuating sort of ages on you know the beats covering um, covering outlets and whatnot. And you know again, like it's it's something we're still a stigma we're still trying to sort of battle and we're still trying to just like prove ourselves. And I'm sure that that's going to, um, you know, continue to be the case, but in terms of, uh, like the actual process for, uh, for getting the credentials, you know, you're totally right. And, you know, I think we're, we're definitely lucky in this regard a little bit. Um, so, uh, so going back, uh, you know, I'd mentioned how me and Joe were sort of at the very, very beginning, we were sort of like a two man wrecking crew. Um, so we sort of grinded for, two years so we started in 2016 grinded for a year i think in 2017 i applied for credential actually no so 2016 we start 2017 uh we do a full season because i think we started summer of 2016 so 2017 was our full season we applied for credentials at the beginning of the 2018 season and we didn't get them so it was kind of like you know honestly we weren't really expecting to so um, at that point it was like, okay, well, you know, let's just do the best we can here and sort of grind and like, whatever we, honestly, after that, it was like, again, we sort of were not expecting to, you know, be given credentials at the time I was, uh, like 18, 17. So was Joe. So, um, you know, we were really just trying to build it up, but at the same time, like to even have the, the confidence to apply for credentials, like we really did sort of take pride in the quality of our work and we thought it was worthy. Like we weren't just going to apply for credentials if we didn't think we belonged. Um, so, uh, the season of 2018, then, uh, we grinded, you know, really hard, just, you know, kind of kept at it. A lot of our, our, our work really is just sort of keeping consistent. Um, and it's a grind like 82 games, especially like, you know, when the Sabres have been placing how they've been, like, it's, it's, it sounds like a lot of fun to like cover an NHL team and all that, but like, it really is a grind. And, you know, you get into those dog days of when the team's lost 17 games in a row. It's like, damn, son. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so 2018 season, I mean, we had the first overall pick that year and, you know, every single game, watch everyone, you know, was doing stuff hours before hours after the game. Um, and this was still, uh, I was a freshman in college. So, um, you know, it was kind of just putting the nose to the grindstone and still just, you know, I think what's been nice is that, you know, the growth has always been very good since we started it. So there, that was always sort of an easy motivator. Um, you know, we were, it never felt like we were just sort of talking into the void. Um, you know, it seems like from day one, people sort of resonated with our content and stuff did well. So, you know, at that point, more than anything, we were just like continuing to grow it, to, to grow like a strong brand and to grow it for our fan base, you know, rather than for credentials or anything. But uh, we had a good year and, um, you know, fast forward to June, then at the end of that year, the Sabres win the lottery uh, and, you know, they're expecting to get Rasmus Dahlin. You know, one thing that we do extremely well, I, I tweeted that I would put our, our draft team against anyone out there. And I really, you know, I believe that I think even, you know, most of the time, <laughs> potentially like more than our Sabres content, like our, our prospects, our draft stuff is like, you know, some of the, the stuff we most take pride in. So, um, you know, we had done like an amazing job in my opinion, uh, you know, sort of leading up to that 2018 draft. And then we win the lottery and, you know, even as bad as the team was like when you win the lottery, like there was a lot of excitement, you know, this year is a little different because there's not a consensus number one, but the Dalian yeah. pick was exciting. Like everyone was excited for that. Um, and we, you know, our content was doing really well. So, um, reapplied, you know, about maybe eight months later for, for credentials and, you know, the one I applied for at the beginning of the season, that would have been sort of like what we have now, which is a full season credential. Um, so in June, I applied for a uh, an NHL combine credential because that's an event that's hosted in Buffalo every year. 
And that's actually an NHL run event. Um, so we had to go through uh, Sabres PR to even sort of get in contact with the NHL PR. Um, but sort of just going through that process, um, you know, it was awesome because Sabres PR, even though, uh, you know, we were denied sort of at the beginning of the year, they still were very open and, you know, helpful uh, for us through that process and um, was able to get credentialed for the 2018 NHL scouting combine then. So that was sort of our first taste of getting any sort of access, getting any sort of um, just acceptance into this, you know, media industry and, you know, being taken seriously. And um, again, you know, this is after my, my freshman year of college, Joe and I are 18 and uh, we go to the NHL combine together. Darlene's there, Svechnikov, like all the big guys, you know what it is. Um, you know, we sit down, like John Chaka sits next to us. We're just like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> we're just surrounded by these like people that, you know, on the media side that, you know, both of us grew up like reading and listening to, um, you know, as like young Sabres fans. And then um, on the player side too, like, you know, there was sort of just that instant moment of, you know, okay, like we got to be serious now. It's like, we're, we're just, you know, again, we, like we had been successful enough enough with it up to this point that we didn't you know treat this like we were fanboys or like we were fans or anything like that but everyone's still a fan at the end of the day and there's still a switch that you got to turn on and off when you want to be taken seriously in an environment like that so um you know i can you know there's a couple of media guys that you know sort of took us under our wing for that first that first combine um you know i i just like oh so much to people like that just because again just as young kids sort of going and do an environment like that they just gave us a lot of confidence and um really just sort of you know showed us a lot of a lot of ropes that helped us out uh down the line so um after that uh, i actually ended up interning with the sabers for a couple years and our content uh because of that started to get a little fluctuated in terms of like consistency with our schedule just because my availability was so different after that point so um, even after getting the the single credential for the combine, we didn't you know move forward and apply for them for two seasons um, while I was working there and with the Bills. And we sort of just worked on building up the team and just continuing to to build up you know our content um, while I'm not able to sort of be as front facing with it at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and then this past season, uh, my internship with the Bills got canceled because of COVID, and I was sort of just sitting at home like. Uh, I, I'm living in my apartment with my friends. Like I'm about to start my senior year and, you know, I had like another small internship on the side, just like design stuff. But I was like, okay, I need to, I felt like a need to be doing something again. And especially like, you know, I, if you're sitting still, you're dying. Like that's a law of the universe. Like I gotta be doing something. So, uh, you know, really, you know, got back into, uh, doing TCB stuff, really, um, settled back into like, you know, actually strategizing more long-term stuff again, because, you know, when I was interning with the Bills and Sabres, I, like I get, again, sorry, um, I was transitioning from being sort of the front-facing content creator in terms of like analyzing the Sabres to really needing to more so uh, build out the back end and, um, you know, really just curating others' content and using our, our writers to sort of build out those systems again. So, well, it took a little bit to sort of, you know, get into the, a good place like we're at now. But, um, you know, then last year uh, I was sort of just I felt comfortable with where everything was at. And I knew I was going to be able to sort of uh, contribute as much as I wanted to again, you know, while still you know finishing up school and everything. So, um, you know, I contacted Ian, who was my uh, my boss with Sabres PR. He actually he left after this after last season. But shout out to Ian if Ian's listening to this for whatever reason, like took a chance on me, you know, with Sabres PR. And, you know, I think that was, that was one of the the big contributors to us really being, being trusted with the credentials now is like being able to get hands-on experience with the people that manage the credentials. Like I was able to really build relationships with those people. They were able to, you know, hear this backstory and understand where I come from and like what, what my motivations were for starting the site and just all of that. So, um, you know, I think then uh, going into last season, like we applied for the credentials and Ian was, you know, more than open to it and accepting and um, felt that, you know, we deserved it. So that was sort of how we went from uh, getting denied for credentials to getting sort of our first taste with it, with the combine to then uh, being where we're at now, where we're we have sort of like the full full access. Yeah, dude. 
it's it's truly a, an awesome story it's amazing it's very relatable for us at just addition to skate skins and all of that just like you got other stuff going on but it's just a passion and you put your nose to the grindstone and you just do it you just see what happens it's it's really amazing i mean it's such a short time window too is what fascinates me where you're able to have all those distractions all those other paths the internship still found a way back to it get back to the consistency and like dude you what, what does that feel like for you you're in a, a credential news media outlet for the nhl for the buffalo sabers like that yeah as a I child mean, as like your childhood team like how yeah how surreal is that for you it's like when you when you step back and think of it like that it's insane and honestly like i had to do that last year while i was at school like i was really overwhelmed and like i mentioned um you know earlier with like the 17 game losing streak like there were days in in march and it's like i gotta go on another zoom call with like you know nhl players and i'm like this is miserable like i'm like literally dreading it and it's like so i sort of had to step back and was like dude like i was literally like praying for this one like this is like you know my worst day now is, you know, would have been like the best day I possibly could have imagined before I started any of this. So, you know, I think just kind of keeping that in perspective for sure. And yeah, I mean, it has been, you know, a crazy ride, like even just sort of, you know, getting the intern for the Sabres, like that was, that was like my long-term goal, like just working for the Sabres in any capacity when I sort of started it. Like if I was like, okay, if I can, you know, really that was, as I mentioned before, I felt like I wanted to just take my skill set and my love for the Sabres and actually build something tangible. But at the same time, I was like, I need a way to communicate my value. And it was like, okay, I, I knew I was going to, you know, pursue sports in some extent. And I knew I was sort of going to like use graphics because I just had that skill set. And that was something that I was always able to use to like separate myself. So I was like, okay, this is, if I, you know, if I'm going to make set a goal, then these are the tools I'm going to sort of use to get there. And I mean, when I was 15, 16, like that ultimate goal was just work for the Sabres. Like, honestly, you could have asked me to like be Sabretooth for the rest of my life. I would have signed the the 10 year, like lifetime contract, like whatever, like I would have done it. But, you know, to be able to actually do it, carving out sort of a path with the stuff I'm actually interested in and, and not just doing it just to, you know, doing whatever I can to sort of get there. Uh, it's super rewarding. And, you know, that's, that's the only reason that, you know, I, it sort of, you know, still drives me because, um, you know, honestly, getting to getting to intern there, um, you know, my, my responsibilities there were a lot more like writing focused. And even even not even just writing focused, but, you know, very just small sort of task oriented, just, re you know, honestly, a lot of stuff that, um, most people can do. So it came to a point where it was almost like as amazing as it was working there, you know, it almost felt a little better when I sort of built up, um, you know, this platform and, you know, achieve success, you know, doing the things that I knew I was, you know, gifted with in terms of like design and uh, social media and doing all that stuff. So as amazing as it is to like, sort of have that title of like, okay, I work for the Sabres. Like, you know, now it's like, okay, I want to actually be, I don't want to just like be able to say I do that. I don't want to just be able to say I do anything. I actually want to like, you know, embody um, my passions and the skill sets that, you know, I want to carry with me forever. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. It's, and again, it's so relatable, you know, for, you know, the path that I'll also I'll hear on the call, you know, Derek too is obviously Matt, Nick, everybody on the team with just dish and skate skins, right? Like it's, I hear you. It's, it's something that you, you have to take the time to step back sometimes. And, you know, I love what you said, like your worst day now would have been your best day, like whenever back then. Right. Like that's, exactly. that's important. And I think too, for me, as you know, obviously I, I know you better than probably the average person that follows the charging buff and, you know, we see each other work together on things, right. With our brands. Right. So it's like, even through that, it's so clear to me, the authenticity just of the content you guys post the articles. I mean, those draft guides this year, I mean, holy shit, those were incredible. Like though you guys did, you, you were being 
generous, you know, just saying like, put up your, your, your draft team against anybody else. Like I would love to see that because I felt like I was an expert just reading a, you know, a few snippets on some players, like very clear, detailed. It was amazing. You guys killed that. And that's, what's amazing is like, as I've sort of built out the team too, it's, it's amazing that like everyone else sort of has that same self drive and passion. And it, like the thing I love about our team as it's contagious. Become, yeah. And, and as we've like expanded to everyone sort of has their own um, like sort of niche within our group too, like where they can sort of attack their passion. So for me, like I love doing the social stuff now and, now that we have other contributors, I don't necessarily have to be like the one man show and have to worry about like even just saber stuff sometimes, like in terms of like articles or whatever it may be. And, you know, the same goes for, for our contributors. So like our prospect guys, like that's why I would put our prospect group against anyone because we don't have me writing the prospect articles. We have people that want to be scouts in the NHL and are pursuing that. And, you know, they're on their own path to, you know, pursue their and they have their own skill set that they're trying to you know sort of refine with us so you know it's sort of you know it's a platform where everyone has the ability to get exposed for whatever you know their talent is or whatever their their passion is and what you know however they can um you know contribute to us you know it helps them as well tutor what you got buddy yeah um I think too, with, with some of the stuff you're talking about there, one thing I'm thinking about where you've got guys on different paths, like, is that something that you're almost like, I guess, like in a different sports thing, right? Like we talk about like the Nick Saban or like the Bill Belichick, like coaching trees, like, is that something you see for like charging Buffalo, right? Like you get guys that are doing draft analysis that might go on to be a scout for somebody, whether that's a Sabres or someone else, or someone might write articles for you and then get picked up as a beat writer for another team. Is that kind of something that you want to get to where you can just develop people and get them to their next step? 1000%. And that's something that I've already started just because, you know, going through this and like I mentioned, like I never would have expected being able to intern with the Sabres, you know, from doing this stuff. And, you know, I, I see how, you know, sort of just the effects of, you know, creating content online. Like I saw how it affected me and I understand how it can benefit others as well. So when people come in, like, that's the number one thing is like, I want, you know, while I want everyone to be trying to grow the brand, like I also want a big emphasis on how they can uh, further their careers as well. And like to have, yeah, like I, that's the thing is like, when you bring in great people, you know, like there, there's a chance, like they're going to go off and do something else someday. And, you know, that's just sort of like the reality of it, but that's, that's the reality if you want a good team. And, you know, that's an amazing thing that I've been able to sort of see transpire, not just with myself, since we've built it out is, you know, people have come in and then like, they'll get those scouting opportunities with whether it be like bigger scouting sites or, even just with actual like OHL teams, or we've had, um, you know, some of our podcasters have gotten work experience with WGR. So uh, again, like really whatever, whatever the, the skill set is or the niche within sort of the sports media sector, like when people come in, we also want to um, help develop them as much as, as much as we can. And for me, like just having the experience of like navigating the sports industry and um, seeing how different, different experience that like you create yourself like this is all just like we made this out of thin air and it's you know we can use it as something to um you know showcase ourselves and in whatever you want to do so i think sort of just emphasizing that to people when they join you know take this and run with it as much as you want because you never know really what can come of it and um yeah you know i i think that's awesome that you've um you observe that as well, because that's something that, you know, even more so, like I said, than, than growing the actual brand. Like I want to have like an awesome staff that comes in and then, you know, is getting developed and able to go on and do awesome things as well, whatever it may be that they want to do. Um, or, you know, continue making cool content with us. Either one's great. For sure, man. I mean, think about it too. Like what do we hear all the time in Buffalo? We see it with the bills. It's that C word culture. You hear that trying to get it with the Sabres and like 
that's what you're doing. That's what like, there's so many amazing brands around our area, but like that stuff bleeds through. Like you see it as just like anything that we see too, when we're consuming content for other things that we enjoy, admire, like, you know, sports, fashion, music, whatever you feel that authenticity. And like, that's the vibe of like, I reinforces that you like it, that you follow it, that you want to be a part of it. And that you're creating, you're going to make people work harder for you because they're going to see it directly benefits the group that they are get to be a part of. And then beyond if they ever go on to other things that they want to pursue, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's, and it's sustainable because you're always going to attract like better people doing that. Like, yeah, because that's exactly it is like, there needs to be a standard and that's, you know, it sort of makes it tough because, there's also a need to like, want to just have things running like as um, like passively as possible. But at the same time, like you need the right people and like one, one bad apple could, you know, mess things up. So uh, it's super important. And but I think, you know, really even on the dish side too, like, again, just, I think it all just comes down to reverse engineering what you would want to consume because at the end of the day, like, there's other people out there who have the exact same interests as you. They have the exact same, you know, eye for different aesthetics or whatever it may be. Like if you create what you like, like, and just put it out there, there's going to be people, you're going to attract like-minded people. So, you know, our Sabres content, again, is more like digital media focused and, you know, sort of just emphasizing high quality, whatever. And, you know, we're going to like our readers, we attract, I feel, like very intelligent readers. And I feel like we sort of attract, you know, the same type of people that read our content and consume our content is the same type of people that we would want to um, have contributing for us. Beautiful stuff. I mean, we could go on and on about it. We'll save that for maybe part two. I want to make sure in part one here, we got to get to it. We got to dive into the savers a little bit more detail here. Jared, what the hell is going on? Help me, Listen, man. Help me understand. There's, there's not a whole lot going on. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem right now. There's not a whole lot going on. Nah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, like I'm just waiting for this cycle. Like everyone, everyone's sort of just waiting for it. But no, I mean, you know, it seems like hopefully in the past couple of days, things have been turning a little bit more than they have the weeks prior, you know, Eichel, he's got a new, uh, new management now. So that should hopefully get the ball turning a little bit. There was just a couple of rumors that just came out in regards to like Anaheim in the past couple of days. And honestly, like that stuff, it's like, you got to take it with a grain of salt at this point, depending on who it's coming from. But at the same time, like we're almost back into that that stage of the off season where we will just take any possible information. Like yeah. someone tweeted that Jack Eichel was on a plane to Montreal last week. And it was like the highlight yeah. of everyone's day. Like yeah. it's, you know, I don't know. I, everyone thought that, you know, something, something would be done by now. And it's just a waiting game. Like it is as weird as it seems like everyone is just, I think even Jack Eichel, like he's waiting just like everyone else. Like, you know, it's, it's in, it's in control of a few people's hands and that's it. And you kind of, kind of just got to wait and see what happens. But well, and no, this it's... is, this is interesting too, right? Cause like, I mean, what do you make of this? Like for, for his situation where he's already under a long-term deal, like Michael really doesn't have much leverage right now. Right. Like, I mean, they don't have to trade him. And if he doesn't play, he doesn't get paid. Right. Yeah. You know, that is true. And you know, that's been a, a big, you know, topic of conversation since really all this started is like, okay, he's under, he's under contract, like, just hold on to him. And, you know, he can suck it up. For me, uh, you know, I totally understand that side of it. But also at the same time, I think that just the reality of sports in today's age is like, it just doesn't work like that. The players have so much more power and control. And just, you know, all of that than than before. And I think even from the Sabre side, like they, you know, they were ready to move on. I think, you know, even before all this injury stuff, like they were sort of preparing for this and this has been coming to coming to a head for a while, probably even longer than it seems to the public. And I think when you sort of have that, the context of everything 
that has played out. And none of us even have that context other than, you know, Eichel, the Sabres, whoever. But I think just so many things have gone into this that have just put it at a point where like beyond repair that, you know, it's not good for, for anybody, for right. Jack Eichel to come back and, you know, try, trying to salvage this, um, you know, in a miracle world, if you could just snap a finger and say, okay, he's going to play next year and everything's going to be fine. Like, of course. Yeah. I think that that would be, that'd be amazing. But I think just the reality of the situation, you know, his status as a player, where the organization is, I think even just, again, like I think the organization is ready to move on just as much as Jack is. And if you look at the division, like this team, even with Jack is not in a position to win anytime soon. Like the, the divisions are coming back to, you know, pre COVID and Florida was a top five team last year. Boston is good every year. Toronto, Montreal was in the cup last year, Tampa Bay. Like it's just, even with Jack, I think you're just going to be back in the same situation. Um, we've been in, in the ca- past couple of years where you're just sort of meddling and, you know, no, it's not, you know, no one would have ever wanted it to get to this point where, you know, you're trading your face of the franchise. But I think at this point, um, you know, both sides are ready to move on. And if Kevin Adams can get the return that he's asking for, I, you know, I really don't think that this is like a completely like organization ruining move. Like, you know, obviously again, it's, it's tough to trade a player of Jack's caliber and they're going to be, you know, feeling it for a while, but at the same time, you know, this team is a lot better set up than when they drafted Jack and there are pieces in place and, you know, there's already a strong sort of prospect core in place. And if you add to that with, you know, the return that you should get for a guy like Eichel and, um, you know, you were able to get a little bit for Risto Lanin and um, the Reinhardt return was a little disappointing to some, especially after seeing Risto Lanin. But, you know, they're definitely. I like Devin such, Levy. Yeah, you know, I, I do really too. Do. And, but, you know, I think just in general, like the organization is in such a better place to move forward right now that, you know, it really isn't going to be the end of the world uh, if they trade Jack Eichel. It's going to suck. He's going to go to another team and he's going to be amazing. And he's probably going to come back and he's going to haunt the Sabres. And it it's just the reality is, of the situation. Though, that's, but that's yeah, they got like, to keep their eyes on their own paper. I think like after you make this move, like except like once you, when you can accept the fact that you're going to make the move, then you got to also accept like no matter what happens, you know, you know, barring a Ryan O'Reilly situation, like we can't look back at this. and (laughs) Penny's got nightmares over that. Yeah. Like you can't look back at this and have any regrets. Like if you're making the decision to trade Eichel, you have to, you know, dig your feet into the ground and go through with it and make sure you get the return, but also just be ready to turn the page and, you know, take what you have here and actually, you know, turn the page on on just this, the past 10 years, whatever, um, you know, while he's been on the team. Well, I think that too, though, that's like what people have to understand is I 100% agree with you, right? Like he, at this point, that relationship is clearly beyond repair. So like, yeah, you could hang on to him, but like you got to just move on at some point. But I think what fans also have to realize is like Eichel is obviously an elite caliber NHL player, right? So you can trade him. And he could come back next year or in two years and be at a game in Buffalo in a different uniform and score two goals and have an assist. And that doesn't mean it was a bad trade. You know, like you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And it sucks. But like, you know, it doesn't mean you aren't going to be better off for it. But one thing I kind of wanted to get into as well is let's talk. Let's talk about the return. Right. Like what two things. One, realistically, what do you think is coming back for him, if that's from a particular team or just in general? Um, And two, what's your dream scenario? You wake up tomorrow overnight, there was a deal done, and this is Christmas morning because this is best. I want to know, like, what do you think is realistic and what's the dream scenario? Yeah, I think when it comes to being realistic, I think there's there's sort of two sides of the coin. You have uh, the one side, and that's just strictly hockey. Like, what should Jack Eichel garner in return? And then you have the other side, and that's also adding context to the situation. And, you know, you have 
a herniated disc <laughs> in his neck. You have this surgery situation. Um, you know, obviously that's going to be dependent on the team, whether they want to get a procedure. I think at this point, um, it was sort of declared that like he has to get a procedure, but which one do you want to go forward with? Cause that's, that's a huge deal. And, um, you know, I think that that really plays a big part in the return because, you know, for me, I've been in the boat for most of this time, um, saying, you know, it's Jack Eichel you have to assume that he is going to recover from this and you have to get the best return out there. And, you know, if you, if you're not going to get the return that he should garner, then, you know, then you have a situation where like, you can't just trade him for scraps. I think that, um, you know, looking at the teams, um, you know, it's really tough because so many of these teams, we just keep hearing that their prospects are untouchable. Like I had mentioned how there's been some, rumblings with Anaheim the past few days and the you know these rumblings were that you know Anaheim is still interested in Jack Eichel and then the other rumblings are that they're not willing to trade Trevor Zegers, Jamie Drysdale or Mason McTavish who they took with the number three pick this year so it's like you know these two things don't really add up um you know if you're Kevin Adams you know people were kind of speculating that you would want two pieces like Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale before or or a piece like Trevor Zegers in the third overall pick, which turned into Mason McTavish, and you know if you're saying all these pieces are untouchable, like we've heard the Rangers, there's been so much discussion. You know, we hear that like their, their fourth <laughs> prospect is untouchable. So, you know, I, I think it's it's really hard to decipher like what is going on because you would think that one of these GMs would be willing to part with even an A-level prospect. Like you're getting Jack Eichel in return, so it's just. It's really weird. Um, using the I, neck thing as an excuse almost is what I Yeah, feel. I think they are. And, you know, I think that's almost why we're like in this situation because it's just like it's almost like three-way tug-of-war between like the team that's going to trade for Jack, the Sabres, and then Jack. You know, these two, the team, um, the Sabres are sort of deciding like, you know, how they want to go about, you know, one of the two surgeries, I'm sure the Sabres at this point just want to get them off their hands and they don't want to deal with the surgery. They just want to let another team deal with the surgery. Then the other team is sort of like on the other side of that. And then Jack is just pulling. He's like, I just want to get my surgery. Like, I don't care. Like, just trade me. Just let me like live my life. Just wasting time for him because now it's into the season. Right. Because well, if he got it up front, he'd already be recovered by now. Right. The so, disc replacement. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think – it's it's hard to sort of pinpoint a realistic thing. I still think that you have to base it around the idea that Jack Eichel is going to come back and he's going to be healthy because you, you just can't trade him otherwise. Like in a team can't trade for him otherwise. Like that's just the reality of the situation. It's probably why this is, this is dragged out so long when it comes to, you know, an ideal trade, I think, you know, more than anything, um, you know, you got to get quality over quantity. We've heard people, you know, throw out four pieces to six pieces. And, you know, g- going back to the trade I just mentioned, like I would have been okay with it back then if it was Trevor Zegers, the third overall pick, and, you know, one other piece. You know, it's only three pieces, but those are two high, high end pieces and something else. Um, so I'm still, you know, no matter what team you're looking at, I think you have to get their top prospect. You know, we've heard, again, Quentin Byfield's off the uh, off the table. Trevor Zegers is off the table. Alexi Lafreniere is off the table. You know, we we've heard a little bit. Um, Matthew Boldy and Marco Rossi in Minnesota. Those two. You know, we even heard speculation that they both could be included in the trade. So you know, I, I think no matter where, no matter where he goes, Vegas, Peyton Krebs. I think number one, you want to get their top prospect. Um, you know, you're probably looking at a first round pick next year, potentially two first round picks in the next two years if you trade them to a team like Vegas where you can sort of expect them to be picking uh, at the end of the first round. Um, for me, though, you know, again, I think if, if you could trade them to Minnesota and get a Rossi or somehow get a Zegris, you know, just any of these top tier players, like someone that is going to be like a true, true piece of the core moving forward. Um, you know, I think you just have to get that back. And um, I think in terms of just like the timeline for the rebuild, I think, you know, it's been pretty, pretty out there that Kevin Adams is looking for first, first round picks in return. Um, you know, and that's why I think a lot of people sort of expected this to go down, um, before the draft this year, we heard so much that the Sabres are looking at getting another top 10 pick. 
and you know nothing just ever transpired so now you're just in a weird situation where obviously you know they can't just you know grab a grab a genie and see who's going to finish top 10 next year so now you're you know you're guessing a little bit you're you know you're banking on on prospects so i don't know it's just it's a really weird situation um you know i think that i think a team is going to budge here eventually i think uh now that um michael has a new agent and it sounds like the the surgery process is sort of you know moving along a little bit just because i i don't think it, you know in that situation either like if the sabers are going to hold on to him into if they have to hold on to him into training camp like you have to get it, let them get the surgery at some point. You can't just hold them hostage and have the kid sitting there with a messed up neck until you trade them. Like if nothing's yeah, going right. on. So, so yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm one of those, uh, those top prospects and, you know, would be ideal, but it's just, it's hard to pinpoint right now. Benny, what's, what's going through your head over there? Cause I, I know when, when this talk starts, the gears turn and sometimes I don't know, sometimes you laugh and you've got that diabolical look. Sometimes you look like you're going to short circuit. Like what, what's going through your head right now? <laughs> oh, Tudor, you, you keep me young. You really do. <laughs> um, I, I love what Jared said. I do. Um, the, as far as like, I mean, let's start with the Rangers. I mean, you guys are hysterical. I mean, I they love, are easily the worst. Like, I love seeing the comments on tweets. They're hysterical. The <laughs> great job on the billboard. That was funny. It's still not as funny as some of these people that you think are untouchable when trading for a number one center. Like, that's that's why you know you just. You can't talk to them. And then yeah. they'll say that we're unreasonable. And it's just like. Now, do you tired. think, do you guys think though, that being a Buffalo Sabre is what hurts that? Because I think if you're a player of Jack Eichel's caliber and it's not working, but you play for a different team that maybe has been closer to contention more recently and like those fans might have a little bit of a perception, but I think quite honestly, there's a lot of fans around the NHL that aren't in Buffalo like we are, or they're not Sabres fans where they truly might not realize how good or how elite Jack Eichel actually is because how much Sabres hockey do they consume? And all they know is this team has been in the basement for the last almost decade. Yeah, because the only time they see them is when they play the Penguins on NBCSN and they get yeah. smoked. Right, it's a, but, and, it's a and very I guess real that's thing. the thing. Like, right, if if I'm a Rangers fan, I watch probably three Sabers games a year. You know, I'll watch them if they're playing my team, and you know, that's about it. Like, I, that's I don't... the frustrating thing too. Is like you just know he's gonna go somewhere. He's gonna be amazing, and you're gonna right. have this whole facade of. Why'd we you know, trade when him? Did, when did Jack Eichel get this good? Like, oh wow, like no one knew Jack Eichel was this good. It's like everyone knew Jack Eichel was this good. Like yeah. it's just I think like you mentioned too, you know, looking at uh comparing it to different situations, like McDavid, I don't know how close he is on the brink of wanting out of Edmonton or anything like that. But I yeah. you know, even just getting into the playoffs a couple of years, it feels like they've sort of you know, if, if McDavid was in the same situation as Eichel and they didn't have a single playoff berth, like I think we'd be close to similar situations. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, even just making the playoffs is, you know, some level of, you know, winning or whatever you want to Relief say. almost. Uh, right. Yeah, just to, just to sort of inspire any level of hope of like, okay, like we made it, like it, anyone that makes it has a chance. But, you know, the Sabres haven't even been close. And right. that's that's just the reality of it. All right. We're going to save some of this because there, we know that there's going to be a lot more to come. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad we could finally do it. We'll work out another one where we can get some more of your writers on. Uh, have sure. our boy Walter back on. That was a great one, too, and obviously you as well. Um, before we get out of here, make sure you plug all your socials, website, where everyone can follow you as well as the Charging Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, thank you guys for having me on. You guys are killing it with the show. Keep at it. Content's been great. Guests have been great. Um, you know, glad I Appreciate could it, finally, glad I could finally get on here. But yeah, you can follow me at Jared Halt. Uh, my name is 
pretty simply spelled. Um, and then all of our stuff, all of our handles are at the charging buff and, uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter. Um, those are sort of our main ones and all of our editorial stuff, any articles don't have too much recent stuff right now, but, uh, going to be kicking in the high gear as sort of the season gets going. Uh, and that's the charging Buffalo.net. Awesome. Thanks again, Jared. Can't wait to have you back on. We'll be in touch as always, you know, some more of the charging Buffalo guests and contributors on the show as the season rolls around. I think it'll be great, great for our listeners and, and great for your followers as well. Most definitely. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me. Of Thanks, course, Jared. man. Anytime. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining Thanks, us, everybody.